0: Welcome to the Creative Agency Account Manager podcast with me, Jenny Plant from Account Management Skills Training. I'm on a mission to help those in agency client service keep and grow those existing client relationships so your agency business can thrive. Welcome to episode 47. Have you ever wondered why sometimes you're just in flow at work? You're doing something you love. Time seems to just stand still and you feel like you could do this task for ages. And sometimes you're doing tasks that feel heavy, hard, difficult and you look at someone else doing it and they think why does that come so easy so I've invited business and performance coach Osman Sharif to talk to us about how understanding your own unique superpower can help you enjoy what you do at work get the best results and embrace your unique talents and ultimately this makes your business and your career much more satisfying let's go over to Osman now Okay, so today I'm delighted to be talking to Osman Sharif, really. Osman specializes in quickly transforming the performance and results of business owners and their teams through applying a mixture of his NLP master coaching skills, psychology, and helping people find their entrepreneurial superpower using personality profiling tools, wealth dynamics, and talent dynamics. He works with entrepreneurs and their teams to bring a more entrepreneurial spirit and focus to the way their companies work. Osman, welcome. It's great to have you here.
1: Oh, Jenny, it's an absolute pleasure to be here with you. And I'm excited to have an interesting conversation, I'm sure.
0: Just a quick bit of background. I've known Osman for a number of years and I've actually been working with him personally. And I have to say that he has transformed my business and my mindset. So that's why I'm so excited about him sharing what I've come to understand from his work with the agency community. So Osman, can you start by just spending a few minutes talking about you, your background and what you do?
1: Absolutely. And well, it's been amazing honestly seeing the journey as well, Jenny. And I'm sure what we'll talk about today will give you a bit of an idea in terms of how you've been using your superpower to grow your business as well. So for me, I'm Osman, I am based up in sunny Glasgow. I've got three young boys and a beautiful wife that keeps me busy. And um, a little bit of a background. I've, always been about people. I love helping people get the best out of people. And I started my career as a HR manager for Marks & Spencers, thinking that would allow me to focus on people. What it made me realize was it was focusing more on the sorting out people and HR issues, which I didn't absolutely love too much. So I managed to transition more into a regional training manager role, looking after about 30 stores across a region for Marks and Spencer's. And that's when I really knew that I loved. Not just helping people in terms of the day to day, what they do, but more about, well, how are they excelling? How are they embracing who they are? What does that look like for their careers and their future? And so, long story short, I then moved from the retail environment. I worked in the banking world in London. And at that point, I then decided, right, how is it that some people make changes really easily? And why, for others, they talk about it or they think they'll do it, but they never get actually working and that's where I kind of came across the toolkit of neurolinguistic programming and I just fell in love with it because it was a, a transformational tool that allowed you to get over limiting beliefs and mindsets and really just get off autopilot as human beings to see right, what do we want and how do we move that forward. So since then I then thought this is what I want to do day in and day out I then left the corporate world 14 years ago and um, I've now had the pleasure of working with leaders in all different industries from you know agencies to army officers to chief executives to you know rising stars. Um, and also with business owners as well that really want to grow their own business. So I then get to use you know a combination of you know, practical experience from leading teams, insights from NLP, and also other profiling tools that I've learned over the years as well. So that's in a nutshell. I'm all still about helping people to get out their way so that they can rapidly grow their careers or their business.
0: Amazing, amazing introduction. Thank you. I also want to say, Osman, that you are probably, you are (laughs) the most positive person I've ever met in my life. Consistently positive and not in a cheesy kind of way. It emanates from you. The passion shines through and everything you've described It comes back to your love of working with people and helping people. So I just want to say that you really do kind of walk the walk when it comes to NLP for sure. So we've mentioned Wealth Dynamics and Talent Dynamics. Would you mind spending a few minutes kind of talking about what that is?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So Wealth Dynamics and Talent Dynamics, effectively, they are a profiling tool, a a toolkit that allows individuals and teams to basically identify really quickly what I call your superpower. So you get to see, well, what is the thing that you do that allows you to get the best results, that allows you to get the best enjoyment in what you do and truly embrace your talents? So Wealth Dynamics is very much geared towards entrepreneurs and business owners. And Talent Dynamics is like the sister or brother profile of it. And that's more geared towards if you're part of a team or and kind of more of a corporate or a, a traditional kind of you know organization as well. So the profiles are exactly the same. It's just the reports and the translation are just slightly different from different contexts. So I use you know, wealth dynamics day in and day out. I actually never work with any clients unless they've done their profile because it makes life so much easier for me to help them, but also there's such a rich profile that allows you to then go, ah, okay, how do you weave that into your goals? How do you weave that into even your mindset? And then the strategies, like, you know, what's the best game for you to play, the best strategies for you to follow and from a habit perspective. So it's a profiling tool that was created by Roger Hamilton. I then trained to, you know, I I did it first of all, one of my peers um, and friends said, what is your profile? And I'm always curious and learning I was a HR manager before, as I said, so I've done so many different profiles over the years. They've all been good to give me some insight. But when I did the wealth dynamics and the talent dynamics, for me, it just like the penny dropped. Personally, it made me realize in the first few years of my business, I was trying to grow my business in the way that other people in the industry were doing it, because I thought that's just what you do. But every time I would follow some of those strategies, it felt like I was just trying to shove my feet into, you know, the wrong pair of shoes. And I would never quite get the results that other people were getting. So then I would beat myself up slightly going, oh, what's what am I not doing right? Am I gonna make it work? So when I then actually did my profile and there's eight different profiles and each of the different profiles effectively, you know, give you a a recipe effectively or, or a strategy to go, this is the best kind of game or tools or approach for you to follow. That's when I went, ah, I'm a trader, for example, and I was trying to follow, you know, those that were the opposite profiles like creators and stars. No wonder it wasn't working for me in the same kind of way. So that then gave me that chance to go, okay, well, what would happen if I actually played to my strengths more? If I played to my profile, And that's where it felt so much easier, but the results were so much easier to get as well. So ultimately, and again, I'll keep it high level because I know I can go into quite detailed. There's eight different profiles. You've got the creator, you've got the star, you've got a supporter, you've got a deal maker, you've got a trader, you've got an accumulator, you've got a Lord, and you've got a mechanic. So they might all sound a bit jargony at the moment, but essentially when you understand out of those eight profiles, what's the one that resonates most with you, it then allows you to go, right, okay, how are you using that in your day-to-day job or your business to get the best results? And then when there's things that you go, right, I might have to do that, or is there somebody else that might be better to do that? You get to embrace your own superpowers and other people's superpowers as well.
0: I have to say it's the most powerful profiling tool I've ever come across. And obviously, I've been working with you for a number of years. I've met other people working with you too. And just understanding the profile has helped me beyond anything I think I would have done. And exactly as you described, sometimes you're going along a certain route and you think, why is this not working for me? Yeah. Or why do I feel so out of sorts? So just going back to that very point, can you give me an example of you being a trader and you initially thinking, maybe I need to build my business like a star would or a creator would. What was that actual event that made you realize that this feels not right?
1: Yeah. So for example, a trader is someone, I know it's a jargon each now, but a trader is someone that's very, very grounded. Okay. So they're ears to the ground. So they really enjoy working closely with customers or clients. And that's where they get the best results. They build so much loyalty. So for me, I would get clients that would come to me, I'd help them to create a transformation and then you know, a couple months down the line or even, you know, years down the line when they were taking that next step up or they were dealing with what I call a better quality problem, they'd come back to me going, right, okay, now I need your help with this. And it was so natural. And I would say things to them like, oh, how's that going? And they're like, how do you remember that? But it's such a genuine connection and that's what I love. But whereas in my industry, everybody was saying, you know, I'm not saying everybody, but other people were saying, oh, one-to-one stuff doesn't work. It's not scalable, for example. Or, you know, it's all about, you know, creating groups and working with the masses. And at times I'd go, right, okay, I should be doing it. it, makes more sense. But that actually, even when I was doing things like that, I would miss the feeling of, you know, what's happening with that individual or that team. So when I realized that, I was at the risk potential of completely changing my business model to be out of flow of what gets the best results for me and what I actually enjoy. But vice versa, somebody that might be more of a creator, okay, or a star, they love a lot of variety. They come alive and they get their best results when they're in front of lots of different people. And there's always new things happening. So they were creating a business plan for them, and it was like, what are they going to do in the next 10 years? That thought alone would drive them crazy and they would never commit to it because for them, it feels like, oh, you know, the handcuffs are on and it's actually not really kind of inspiring them in that way. So what I mean by that is, you know, I've essentially been doing the same thing with the same tools for the the past 14 years since I left the corporate world. But every single individual I work with, they are different. The tools are the same. The methodology is the same, but I never get bored because I get my variety from the trust that I build with relationships. And most of my business does come from referrals or word of mouth or people that go, Do you know something? I get inspired when I hear other people, maybe stars and creators, talk about things, but do you know I need that grounded support? I want you in my corner. And that's where my sweet spot is. So that's just the, the distinction between a trader and like a creator or a star, but there's eight different profiles. And the reason why, again, I could talk about this forever is because it's so subtle, even in terms of the way you might structure a team, your role or your business model. I've seen people when they've actually just made a slight shift that actually allows them to play to their profile so much more. And that's where the real magic and the results happen as well.
0: Fantastic. Okay. And that's quite a good segue into, because I know the people listening to this are either agency owners or their account managers. So they're team members. Yeah. So can you talk about the benefits of applying talent dynamics Mm -hmm. to that environment?
1: Absolutely. So what it allows you to do, first of all, is it allows you to just really understand the team that you're part of okay you get to really have open conversations and it also allows you to have you know positive vulnerability is the way i think about it so it means that you get to go here's where my real strengths are and my superpowers here's where i'm not as strong at okay but it means that actually you then get to go well in the project that we're working on or in the business where can I use most of my talents or my strengths? But also what might be your trip tonight, for example, might be somebody else's superpower. And that's where you get to have real great, meaningful conversations to go, right, if we're truly part of a team, Let's even take job titles away for a moment. How do we actually understand what our capabilities are, what gets us into flow, and ultimately what gets us into the best results? And I remember I was working with a creative agency um, in London and their whole team did Talent Dynamics as a profiling tool. And then I did a session with them, you know, from the leaders all the way, everybody did it. And one of the biggest insights that they got was that, they were quite surprised and they often overgeneralized. So for example, the creative designers, they always just thought they're all creators. Do you know what I mean? They're always filled with great ideas. But when we actually profiled the individuals and looked at it from a team-by-team perspective, even with the creators, we had those that were creators, we had those that were traders, we had those that were mechanics, we had those that were supporters. And what they then actually really understood was that even with different clients, for example, you could bring a different creator in depending on what stage of the project that they might be in. For example, you know, some people love that blank canvas, right? But others, you know, that are more traders, they like to kind of really understand they've got the ear to the ground, for example, they can be so insightful, for example. And when they work more collaboratively together, that's where the real magic happens. Whereas a mechanic, they're best, for example, if they've got a few drafts of something, then they can go, how do we improve it? And that's where they really excel. But if they were given a blank sheet of paper, that's where they can sometimes struggle. So does that make sense, Jenny? They all had similar job titles, right? But actually, when they realized when, oh, that's the kind of project I really kind of find harder or that client. That's why I loved working with that client. And they were able to make a lot more, you know, positive uses of their team to really go, right, what client do we have? What's the brief? Who's the right people? And it wasn't always a case of going, right, you completely take over working with that client. but might be what input could we get from different people that really got them to work so much better together.
0: I think that's fantastic. I think it's, first of all, fundamental to understanding how to get the best out of a team to understand yep. everybody's strengths. And obviously, their strengths, depending on what profiling exercise yes. you do, sort of determines how effective they're going to be. And I mean, to that point, because there might be people listening, thinking, oh, I've done DISC or I've done Myers-Briggs or how does this differ? And what would you say would be the benefits of doing talent dynamics versus doing something like DISC?
1: Yeah. So for me, I, as I say, I've used so many profiles over the years, okay? And they've always been quite insightful. So like, I'm not saying, you know, I've done Myers-Briggs, I've done DISC, I've done insights, I did them all in my corporate world. But often what would happen is, Afterwards, you'd be like, okay, now what? What's my four letters, for example? What color am I? So they can be useful. And, and so I've got nothing bad to say about any of the profiles. It's the application of it. Okay. So what I love about Talent Dynamics is it really, first of all, allows you to go, okay, what are the best things or activities for you to do? Even, for example, when you're leading a team. So if you are leading a team, you know, how would a trader as a leader, how would their behaviors be different or their approach be different compared to a supporter, for example, right? So it's so much more practical in the sense of what do we do? What game do we play? And also for me, it gives real life examples from, you know, the people that we might know out there in the world. So let me give one tangible example. I know so many people, they love listening. They're listening to podcasts. They read lots of books. But for me, if I was reading, and I have, you know, Richard Branson's book, who's a creator, right? And I'd go, that's what Richard Branson would say or what he would do. That's great for him and other people that are very similar to his profile. But for me, it just wouldn't work. So there's lots of real life examples that you can go, okay, you know, What would, uh, you know, an Oprah, for example, just using famous names here, do you mean, or, you know, Warren Buffett or a Mark Zuckerberg, they're all different talents. They're all successful in what they do. And I love the fact that it gives people permission, both leaders and, you know, individual contributors and teams to go, okay, who are the people that if I know what my profiles are, that I can start to find other people that are like me, you know, from a superpower perspective, and then I can go, right? Well, you know, I'm more of a kind of a um, style of an Alan Sugar, for example, right? As a trader. And you get to go, well, how do I learn a little bit or, you know, expand my awareness or thinking around it? So it's practical. It is really easy. And that's why I always recommend if you're doing this, when you do it with a team, it then allows you to have the open conversation to go, ah, what mix do we have in our team? And then you hear them talk a bit more. Okay, let me bring my support our superpower into this meeting okay or you know we need a bit of mechanical kind of thinking in here right who's our mechanics perfect right let's get them involved so it's something that is really much more well I just want to say practical is the word I mean it's like so it's not like a what's the color and how to do it it's like a it's really easy to kind of keep it and ingrain and build upon it from my experience
0: I'm going to give you a really small example that's just come to my mind, because as I say, I've seen this work in action so many times. It's so bloody powerful. (laughs) I, in my corporate life, when I was working for one of the big networks, agencies, groups, I was working with my friend, Steve, who we both know. He's a mechanic and I'm a star profile. And I was somehow given the job of being in a meeting room and having to map out this huge chart of all of the different areas of focus that we were going to have on this project, when things were likely to come. And it was mapping it out and analyzing it and creating kind of a roadmap. Now, as a star I wasn't in my flow. It was too much analyzing. And I literally was at my wits end. Thankfully, my good friend, Steve, happened to walk past the office at that moment. He looked in, he said, how's it going? And I looked at him. I must have looked distressed (laughs) because he said, what what are you doing? And I said, I've just got this huge chart on the wall. And I had all these pens and post-it notes and things like this. He came in and he took over and he was in his element because it had already been put there, but it was just perfecting it and making Mm -hmm. things work. He, He kind of came alive. And it was at that moment that I realized that, knowing that like maybe I could have done things differently and actually gone and asked Steve to help me rather than him discovering me in distress so I love everything about talent Mm -hmm. dynamics and wealth dynamics and I've seen it in action it's in action all the time when I'm making a decision about what I'm going to work on so I'm going back to a team member thinking mm-hmm. of listening to this or a, an agency owner listening to this and thinking, right, this could be an interesting exercise for us to do. Yeah. And just to clarify, what you're saying is it's not about the role. So for example, any one of those eight profiles, profiles. Yeah. could be an account manager.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: And would you also say that by knowing what your profile is in the account manager role, you could also identify your blind spots?
1: And what that allows you to do is it allows you to see sometimes, okay, you know, because we can fall into the trap of learned behavior. So if you're looking at, let's say, for example, somebody that's You um you followed okay so it could be your boss or somebody that trained you and they say this is a way to do it and you might have just done that because that's what you were taught right but if that doesn't completely play to your profile you might be missing out a complete trick in terms of it to be better for you so what I love about it is it's not going to tell you okay this is exactly how to do your job day by day you know minute by minute but what it gives you that chance to do is a case of okay knowing what your profile is, how are you using what your job is or what your role or your part of the team is. And it also allows you to recognize that there's flexibility in there. So even if you're being managed by somebody that's a different profile, they then don't go, right, here's how you should do it. Because if they're a different profile than you, they could tell you how to do it, you know, till they're blue in the face, but then they get frustrated. Why are you not just doing it my way? Well, actually for them, it might be a different approach that gets them to have better results. So I love that in terms of it gives individuals that opportunity to go, okay, well, how do I use my best talents to basically, you know, have these conversations happen or to to make progress? And then it can give you a great indication, you know, even as you develop your career to go, well, what type of roles or projects or opportunities do I want to be involved in? Because you can then start to go, well, predominantly, for example, you know, what does this involve? And will it allow me to use my strengths a lot more? Does that make sense? So, for example, if I was in a role, if somebody offered me a role where all I got to do was talk to people, do you know what I mean? And, you know, on a stage all the time, and don't get to have that interaction with individuals I know I could do it, and I do do it at times, which helps me with my business. So I'm on podcasts, I do speaker sessions, etc. But if that was me doing that all the time, I would hate it. But whereas it gives me that chance to go, okay, I know that that wouldn't be a best ideal solution for me. And the same thing would be in a team, for example. I've had people that when they recognise their strength, they go ah, I thought my career path was this way, but now I actually know that's what my superpower is. For example, there are some superpowers that they can lead people and manage teams, but it's not what they excel in, right? So it gives them that chance to go, well, that's not maybe the only path for me to kind of climb in my career or get, you know, better um, responsibility or whatever that might be, or that stretch. You get to go, well, how can I do that in a way that still plays to my superpower and my strengths in that way?
0: Amazing. You've already given a few examples of where this can be used in practice. And and I'm just thinking from an agency leader's point of view, when you have very ambitious people that want to get involved in more of the business and take certain projects on, this is a good way of understanding and knowing which projects would suit which individuals.
1: Absolutely. It's also interesting to, you know, if, for example, if it's a new client compared to an existing client, who do you get involved in? And I'll give you one other example. I worked with a leadership team doing this and they were really successful in what they're doing, but they were also driving each other crazy because they had one leader that was a creator and they, they had another that was a dealmaker who's very, very grounded. Okay? So, The creator would go in and they would go, right, here's what we can do. They had the vision with this client. okay, And they effectively would want to sell them the Rolls Royce version of what they can do. But that company didn't really know them that well. They didn't have that trust. They didn't have that relationship yet. And also, the leaders of that other company were not creators. They were a bit more risk averse. They were a bit more, okay, like, how do we kind of like see how it goes? And that was a deal maker that was in the team that would get so frustrated with our colleague or you know, our partner effectively, because it's like, you know, you you go 100 miles an hour, and then if they go no, the creator then goes, oh, it's not for them, and they jump onto something else. Whereas actually the deal maker was using their talents and their superpowers to go, okay, well, here's what we could do, show them, deliver, and then from there, how could do we go to the next stage and the next stage? So they had much more of a, a long-lasting relationship because that's the way that they thought and how they would approach, you know, sales and, you know, account management, whereas a creator would be more about fast and are you in it? No, perfect, let's go next, next, next. So when we actually recognised that, it allowed them to recognise, okay, well, the creator was great with the vision and they had a lot to add to it. But when it came to certain meetings or certain approaches, how do we lean into more of the, what's a long-term game that we're playing here and vice versa? So again, just knowing that, it stopped them wanting to strangle each other, which is a positive <laughs> when working with a team, but it massively then helped them to recognize, you know, how does that fit into even our strategy when it comes to client attraction and retention in that way? And it's been a massive change for how they continue to work together as well.
0: Absolutely fabulous. You mentioned before, The eight names of each profile. I think people listening to this might be thinking, oh, I'm really curious now. What am I? And I think it would be valuable to Mm -hmm. just have like a short explanation of each profile, because I think someone listening might identify with one or the other. Would you be able to do that? Yeah.
1: Absolutely. One thing I'd say. So it's great if you you might identify in terms of, okay, I think I might be like that. What I love about when you actually do the profile, you get an individual personalized report and a chart. So you get to go, okay, what is your, you know, like how dominant potentially is your superpower? Because you have what I call a primary profile, but we also have kind of our secondary profile. So I'm not wanting to get too complicated about it. So all I want to say is it's great if you kind of go, okay, what does that play? And what might resonate with me? One thing I would say, though, is it's not an excuse for inexcusable behavior, right? (laughs) So I always say this because there's times you might go, oh, you know, I'm a star. I don't do the detail, for example, or I'm not good with the numbers. Well, as a business owner or as a leader, you might go, well, actually, I can't turn down to the accountant or the tax man to go, sorry, I, I don't do that. But it gives you that chance to go, well, there may be certain things in your business that you still have to do, but you know why it might feel like not your most favorite task or what's the best strategies to make it still happen or who can help you with that. So that's my one caveat that I want to kind of just say to everybody, you know, at different points in your business, you may still have to play on the different profiles, but when you know what where is in your individual chart, you'll get to see, oh, that's where I really will struggle or that's where I might go don't enjoy, enjoy it as much, but I'm having to lean into maybe a different profile. So the big picture here is I want you to imagine a square, okay? And there's three profiles that are at the, kind of the, the top of the square. And those profiles are what we call, they have a lot of dino energy. So they have a lot of kind of creativity. They're kind of very much more the heads in the sky. They see the possibilities. They're very much more kind of innovative. You've got the creators Who actually are kind of typically can have a balance of being introverted or extroverted, but they are amazing at initiating things. They are the pioneers. They're the ones that, you know, they can go, here's what I can see happen. Give them a blank paper and they would totally excel. They love variety. They are not great at executing. Or you want to do something to kind of go, right, we've launched that. Let's now do that again and again because they'll get bored. They're the type of people that you might have a really successful campaign and you can go, we can use all that work now for other things. And they'll go, nah, let me try something else just because they'd get bored, right? But creators are great with vision, but they're not always the best at communicating that vision. And that's where the star profile really can come into fruition. Stars are great at really translating, you know, an idea or a vision but in a way that really engages with individuals. And they tend to do that in quite a a group. It doesn't always have to be thousands of people. It could be, you know, a small team, but they're very visionary. They inspire really, really well. So, you know, for example, an Oprah is a star profile. Barack Obama is a star profile, for example. So they're very good at leading movements. They're very good at being a spokesperson in what they're doing. And they translate the creativity and the, well, what's customers you know wanting or saying because they have a lot of what we call blaze energy, very people-focused energy. So these are individuals that you don't want to hide away in your organisation, right? Even if they're not, let's say, um, the most senior person in the organisation, they can still bring their star energy in different ways. So if they're doing a presentation or a pitch or a delivery, or you know, it's just how do we bring their way of thinking into, for example, a project. You then got supporters. Supporters are amazing at leading teams. They're very great at collaboration. They are all about the people. So they are the ones that would love networking, genuinely love networking. They don't (laughs) see it as a chore, right? They're very good at, you know, nurturing teams and getting the best out of teams. They don't necessarily need to be in the spotlight, they're often very good at sometimes taking in command, for example, or, you know, like you've got loads of examples, sorry, that, that come to mind. So, you know, Bill Gates, for example, is a creator in that way. But, you know, Steve Ballmer in Microsoft, he was a supporter behind them. You know I mean, really building the culture in a team, in an organization. They're the ones that really are great at building communities and connecting with people. I know I'm trying not to go into too much detail here, right? (laughs) You then have dealmakers, and they're the opposite of a star. They're still all about people. But stars love lots of people. Dealmakers, they get the best results from close relationships. They're really good understanding what's happening. They take a lot longer to build relationships and nurture relationships. They're really good at finding collaborations and joint ventures. So you could think about dealmakers as being, you know, typical recruitment consultants or estate agents, they're the person that gets to bring different people together and they see how different value or parties can come together. So that it would be a win-win overall. Does that make sense?
0: Definitely. I'm just thinking of agency owners thinking, I need a deal maker to look for acquisitions or to look yeah. for partnerships. So yeah. fantastic. They would yeah. be the
1: best people to then to be out there to nurture them to kind of see what that what does that look like to have those conversations. Because if a star was to do that, They wouldn't necessarily be interested, but actually it could be quite a different conversation. So I know a kind of high level example, like a movie star would never go and negotiate, for example, their movie deal, would they? They would have an agent that's really good at doing that kind of part there. So again, you get to play different kind of roles that can still help with the overall job as well. So then we've got the traders. Traders are very, very grounded. They are again, a mix between extrovert and introvert but they love being in the activity. So these are, and I'm saying this in quotes, but these are people that love working closely with clients over a long period of time. They're the ones that would know more about their clients in a very genuine way. They're the ones that have a good read of what's happening or not happening, for example, and when's the right time to approach a conversation. They're so trusted by individuals, you know, even, you know, when it comes to suppliers or customers, they don't need a lot of variety, okay, because they come alive when it's about kind of going, how do we make a difference in that way? And they love multitasking. So you can give them a number of different clients or opportunities or projects, and that's where they get really in their flow. You then have accumulators. Accumulators are one of the most risk-averse profiles, but they are amazing project managers. They're really great at getting things done. They know what has to happen. They can see what their risks might be. They can see where the opportunities are. If you've got an accumulator on your team, you'd want to listen to them because they're not someone that will say over and over again, you know, oh, Jenny, you need to watch for this. They might say it once or twice, and then they'll go, I've told them. And... Then if that thing happens, they'll be the ones to go, told you so, right? But they're not going to be the ones that's going to constantly go, you know, come on, Jenny, I've told you about this. But it's interesting again here, I just want to give an example where an accumulator and a creator, they can sometimes not see eye to eye if they don't have that relationship working, because a creator might have a great idea, an accumulator might be like, it's not going to work. And then the creator's like, why are you reading my parade? Does that make sense? Come up with a better idea. Well, the accumulator's not always the best to come up with a brand new idea, but they're really good at going, here's the challenges, here's the opportunities, how do we move that forward? So let me give you one tangible example. I worked with a team, a hotel brand, they came from the Netherlands. Have you ever heard of the Citizen M Hotel? Yeah, you've got perfect. So their board, their founders are so creative. Okay. That's why when you go into one of their hotels, it is just, you know, creativity on steroids, right? And I love it. But when they had their first hotel in Glasgow in the UK, it was an accumulator that literally went, right? How do we take the vision? How do we translate it? And she was the one that literally helped to make it happen from an operational perspective and to really work and deliver. So they are just amazing to have as part of a team as well. So you get to see, for example, and then she got involved in different projects and when they were looking at how do we scale things up, it was always about, right, okay, we've got their vision, but how do we kind of bring the practicalities perspective in there as well? You then got a lord, and a lord is someone that is very good. So if you have, like, from you know, a traditional, they look at the numbers, they get to see what's happening, what's not happening. How do we squeeze more efficiency? For example, like landlords, for example, kind of the, the terminology comes from there. And and when you think about it, they're very good at looking at systems. They're a bit more behind the scene, tend to be more introverted, but they are very very good at being able to see. Okay, where's opportunities there their challenges here, for example, but they're very much looking at the behind the scenes of systems perspective from a better kind of word. So they're very technical expertise. They tend to be more specialist type of kind of roles that people gravitate towards, if that's their superpower. And then you've got mechanics. So mechanics are still very creative, but the difference between mechanic and a creator, for example, is mechanics love to be able to fine tune to improve things. They're really good at being able to spot inefficiencies again, but also being able to see, okay, what's not happening? Where's the block, for example? What if we change that, you know, color? What impact did that have in conversions or that headline? That's the thing that they geek out on, and that's where they come into their power and their superpower. And again, one last quick example. I was working with a business owner who was a copywriter, and she was very much, her business was modeled more towards being a creator, and she always found it a struggle initially with a new client, blank sheet of paper, what are we doing? But when we did the profile for her, we realized, what well, she realized she's a mechanic. And that just massively changed what she does in her business because she recognized she's not the best person when it's like a blank canvas new campaign. But she's the best person when it's like, okay, what did you do? What can we tweak here? She needs something to work with. So you wouldn't go to a car garage with you to say, you know, Fix my car, they'd go, Where's your car? Okay. <laughs> and you just, you know, get in there, tinker and make it better as well. So I'm sure that obviously, depending on the size of your team, you'll have people in your team that will have, you know, one of these superpowers as their primary profile. And when you then get to go, Okay, if that's what gets them really the best results and, you know, understanding that, it allows you to then go, How do we help to focus on those strengths rather than going, you know, and one thing that used to frustrate me, and I'm going to go on my bandwagon here. As a HR manager, I used to spend so much time looking at performance management in my store. And it used to be, oh, that manager's not good at finance. All right, we need to send them on a Excel spreadsheet or an advanced finance course. Even though that was their weakness, we always tried to fix their weakness instead of going, you know, they are amazing at turning around a team. They are amazing at, for example, when it comes to launching a new store, how do we actually use and allow them to use their superpower to do more of that and not try and get them to improve the things that really will just make a marginal difference compared to if they were, you know, to become mastery at their superpower. Does that help? So that's a wrestle stop tour of the eight different profiles.
0: Thank you so much, first of all, for t- describing each one. And I'm sure everyone listening is thinking, you know, oh, that sounded like me. And I think what you were saying was really quite powerful in that it also helps you to understand why you get frustrated with yeah. certain tasks or why... As you said before, I'm looking at someone else who seems to be able to do this really well, but yeah. I struggle with it. So rather than feeling bad about yourself or disappointed with yourself, knowing your profile almost is like a comfort really, isn't yeah. it, to think this is why it feels like I'm, you know, walking towards this wind tunnel that I just can't get through. And and I remember one of the first books I ever read was something like What Colour Is Your Parachute? Yeah. About trying to find what makes you feel in flow yeah. And again, I think everyone at some point in their life should understand and discover what makes them feel in flow. They know it intuitively, but to actually have it defined for you and with a set of tools and kind of principles that you can then follow to accelerate that flow, to find the things that really suit you. Because Osman, I mean, as well as business leaders and teams, and you've obviously worked with a number of agencies, you also work with individuals, don't you?
1: Absolutely. And that's where, you know, when you know who you are, like you say, you know, what gets you alive and what gets your best results, it allows you to then be more proactive to then go, okay, you know, you might look back at certain jobs to go, no wonder I was miserable at that. You know, it sounded amazing on paper. Do you know I mean, but actually, I was spending the majority of my time doing a role that wasn't playing to my superpowers in that way. So, therefore, it gives you that chance to go, Right. You know, whenever I work with anybody, if they're looking at making a change, either in their business or their career, I always go, OK, let's just look at your your profile and let's look at what that job is. And, you know, what percentage of your time will you get to spend doing your, you know, playing your strength? And if it isn't the majority, then it's like, how is that going to feel on a day to day basis as well? So honestly, it's one thing that I think everybody should know. Like I said to you at the start, I actually don't work with anybody at all if they haven't done this, because. My coaching, my approach changes compared to if I know what their profile is, you know, the way that we set tasks, the way that they overcome challenges are all dependent on, you know, their superpower, the way that they think, the way that they're naturally kind of move things forward as well. One last thing, I know I can talk for hours on this, right? This to me is not just a nice to do. It's actually helps with business growth because different businesses also go through different cycles, different seasons, as I call them. And I know we've had conversations about this, Jenny, before. But when you also get to understand, okay, what kind of superpower do you have? Without going into too much detail, we can enjoy different parts of projects or different stages of business. So for example, if you're a leader who's a creator, you will love the fresh ideas and the new projects or the startup phase of working with things, right? Right. But what will end up happening is you can end up sabotaging the success or the growth of your business because you might get bored at a stage where actually we don't need more innovation. What we now need is you've got a proven concept of your product or your service. Now it's about how do we get that out there more for people to know about it. And that's why if a creator was just to do that all themselves or not recognize it, it It's great to then hand the baton to go, right? We now need to have maybe more stars or supporters or deal makers in that, right? And then, okay, now we've got people wanting to work with us. You know, stars are not the best people to actually do the doing necessarily. That's when you can pass the baton on to more of the, you know, the grounded people in the team. Do you know what I mean? Or you go right now we're in delivery mode and that's where we've got different profiles that can play out or come into their flow. And the reason why I say that is I just see so many business owners and leaders, you know, they don't recognize where their strengths are. So what they end up doing is they create headaches for themselves because they're just jumping too quickly ahead. And I'm like, that's great. But actually, look at all that creative juices that you had you're not giving it a chance to actually now reap the rewards. And I'm not saying that you have to do that all the time, but if you recognize it, you can go, before we jump ahead onto the next creative idea, have we taken that full cycle or who could help with that? And vice versa, sometimes you've got leaders in a team that are so grounded or they're on the system side, you like mechanics and lords or, or accumulators, that actually they're trying to fix things that are, you know pass itself by date now or you know the industry's changed and what you might need to do is like okay now it's time for you you're not going to survive if you don't adapt okay now we need to bring a maybe a bit more innovation in there and then even having different conversations with different superpowers can allow things to move forward so I hope that makes sense but you can hopefully see why I get so so frustrated by it but also why I love it when you know what you get to go what will work for you at different stages of your business? And when will you get bored? Because then you might go, I'm now bored, so I now need to maybe hand this on to somebody else. Or who's the right leader for maybe a new team compared to a non-performing team, compared to you know a, a delivery consistent team? Different superpowers can play at different roles here.
0: It must be actually quite frustrating for you to see teams working together or business owners that haven't done this kind of work and therefore are so kind of I don't know like you said coming across lots of different frustrations and difficulties and you think oh my goodness it could be so much easier for you and not to mention I mean I don't know if you have any case studies or evidence to show the actual financial impact on a team working in this way because With everything that you've described, all the little examples you've given, there's a lot of time saving, isn't there? There's an increase in efficiency from your teams, getting the right people in the right seats at the right time. Because, I mean, we know the cost of hiring someone is absolutely huge. And right now, I mean, just this is a bit of industry information. We have the biggest shortage, for example, of account managers. Mm -hmm. There's a recruitment problem where, you know, everyone's hiring. We've got a lot of work, which is fantastic right now. You know, there's an upside to that. (laughs) But getting the right people in the right seats. So you spend maybe months trying to get the right person, but then how do we know that that person's going to fit? So would you also say that you can do this profiling at any point in a team member's tenure, for example?
1: Absolutely. And uh, and I just got you that as I say, You know, if anybody ever says to me these days, oh, I want to do something with my team. Do you do team building stuff? I personally don't do team building stuff these days, right? Because it's great. It can help people, you know, have fun and stuff. But actually, what's the impact of it? So I will say, do you know something? What I would actually recommend that we do is we actually really, you know, in a very fun way, for example, so it doesn't feel like we're doing a business strategy session or something, right? It's like, you know, let's have fun with the team. Let's get to really kind of see where are their strengths? How does that work? How does that play? And honestly, the richness of conversations that happen, because you know who you work with, right, generally. And then it gives you that chance to go of, ah, right, that's why I always know when you're really, you know, annoyed with me. I mean, now I kind of can understand it. Or that's why, you know, especially, uh, you know, if you work with people that are creators or stars and you come in after a Monday and it's like, uh, oh, and you th- see, I've had an idea. And all the other people that are grounded, to go, oh, here we go again. Does that make sense, right? <laughs> so you get to kind of understand and they get to positively challenge each other um, and get to go, well, how do we link that in with our vision and what we're trying to make happen as well? So, again, I talk about superpowers really, really simply. Whenever I work with anybody, individual leaders or companies overall, you know, to look at where are they, I keep things really simple. It's like, a, you know, what's your design? i.e. what is your vision, what is your goals, what's your values, i.e. what's important to you and even in terms of that your personality is a huge part of that as a part of the design because then you can go well what is our business model, does that fit in there. You've then got the mindset component because you might have the best goals but if your mindset holding you back it's going to be a struggle or harder than it needs to be but one of the biggest mindset blocks are that you don't have to be an all-rounder. When you go, do you know something? You look at Andy Murray, for example, right? Top of his game in tennis. You wouldn't expect him to go into basketball court and be number one there either, but he's gone, this is my sport. This is what I'm going to master in that way. So it gives us that chance from a mindset perspective to go, I don't have to be a complete all-rounder. How do I actually embrace where my superpower is? How do I be really honest with my team to go, you know, I'm going to struggle with this. I need support here or, you know, who's the best person to do that? And then the third part of my framework is the strategies. That's when you get to go, okay... What's the best tact? What's the best habits? How could I become the most productive? And that's where you get to see productivity, efficiency, you know, getting to see, well, how does that play a part of what we're trying to, to make happen? So, whenever I work with teams, I'm always about going, well, what are your goals? You know, what would success look like for you from a real return on investment perspective? And then when we get to look at what the team are doing, are they playing to the strengths? We always look at, well, If they were playing more to their strengths or if we were to realign things or give them permission to play to their strengths more, what would that mean from a knock-on effect from a business perspective as well? And again, that's where the real insight and the magic and impact happens for me.
0: Thank you for explaining that as well. And that's why your company is called Rapid Transformation, because it is transformational and it happens so quickly. I was just thinking, actually, you gave me an idea. Right now, many account management teams, agency teams are dispersed, but they're starting to come back into the office, you know, maybe one or two times a week but they're looking for ways to kind of get the team back together yeah. and it actually sounds like a perfect exercise to kind of apply this trifactor of thinking and finishing off with a profiling exercise where it would be a revelation and the relief that you feel and the kind of interest and the intrigue. And it would be one of those discussion points, yeah. wouldn't it? And <laughs> understanding, oh, you know, like you said, like the realisation that someone is out of their flow because they've got their head buried in a spreadsheet.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> no. And that's why, even if you think about the the working world that we've been in, some people have absolutely thrived in it, you know, working remotely. And that can also apply applied to some of the superpowers and what environments you, you excel in a lot more. Whereas one tangible example if you're like a supporter for example right who loves connecting with people having real conversations you know if you're working remotely for a long period of time you would feel it a lot more compared to the opposite profile which is kind of a lower profile does that make sense so it's not always a exact science or put anybody in a box but that's where you get to understand right okay if I'm managing a team What are their different profiles? What does that mean in terms of team culture? What does that mean in terms of the way I engage with different people in the team? What are the different needs? And that could be a really interesting kind of insight for for different people and for the wider company as well to go, okay, what does that look like with some of our policies and some of the, the working practices that we have as well?
0: Honestly, this has been so enjoyable and so much fun. So thank you, Osman, so much for taking the time to explain it all. Because as I say, the reason you're here is because it has been transformational for me. I've seen it transform many of the lives of the business owners that I know. So I would urge anyone that has a team or has a business, in fact, to look at this because there's so much richness here. Is there any question that I haven't asked you that I should have done? Anything that we haven't talked about that I think would be of value or interest to an agency owner or an account manager?
1: I think it is just about understanding, you know, there's so much potential out there, right? And there's so much things that we can be doing to grow our business or what we're doing. But taking a step back and actually understanding, you know, right, what's the best way of us doing it? That it could pay dividends, okay? So it's okay. So some people might go, I'm so busy, you know, it's a nice to do, we'll get around to it at some point. But as that case of going, you know, once you know this, it's like you can't unknow it, right? Mm -hmm. And that's kind of where, you know, as I say, it just gives you permission. There may be times where, and again, that's a caveat, I say to all companies and leaderships, uh, you know, teams that work with, sometimes when you actually know this, it can be such an eye-opener that people might go, ah, I'm in the wrong role. <laughs> yeah. But that's a that's a great thing for you to know because it means that you, you know, sometimes there's opportunities within your team to go, is there a way that they can apply their superpower in different ways? Or for you to go, well, how do I get someone, you know, if they went, moved on, for example, how do we get someone that this would be the best kind of role for them in that way? And the one last thing that comes into mind is we can often get busy and we always go, who do we need? Let's say you've got turnover in your team. You might go, that person was amazing at what they did, right? We need another one of them. Or if you're a leader, you often go, oh, I just need somebody to replace me. That's typically not what you need, right? Because actually you don't need another you or you don't necessarily need another one of them. It's like, okay, what's the gap that you have in your current business? What's the goals that you've got? Who's the right person or the right fit? That you need at that point. Does that make sense? So initially you might have needed someone who was great because they came and set up something. They brought the creative, you know, juices to your team. Well, they've now went on, probably, because they're a creator and they're bored. You don't need someone like them now. You know, if you've got a creator in that role, they'd be bored as well. So you now need someone that's going, now we've got that vision. There, we need someone that's a bit more that they enjoy fine tuning, that they enjoy, you know, not reinventing the wheel every single day as well. So, all I'm just I'm that one last thing there, as well, is often people often say to me, I just need another one of me, and I'm like, that's, that could be often worse. You often need someone that's the opposite profile, or you need to think about what's the opportunity or what's your strategy in your business so that we can see who is the right person or what type of account managers do we need, for example you know, what's our clients? What's our plan? You know, as I say, I could talk and talk about this for hours, but I've been loved the conversation and I hope that whoever is listening to this, it sparked for you as an individual to go, well, what is my superpower? What's my team's superpower? And are we working together even as a kind of a, a whole team approach to really kind of make magic and results happen in your business?
0: I can honestly say I think it would be the best investment that you've made all year if you were to carry this out. And to that point, Osman, I mean, I know how busy you are, but who would you like to be contacted by? Because I'm sure many people would be curious about this. Who would you like to be contacted by and what's the best way of contacting you?
1: Absolutely. So for me, I love... Having as much impact as I possibly can. Okay. So if you are a leader of a team or an agency and you're thinking, right, this is something that could be really useful for our organization, then please do reach out. You know, it doesn't matter what size your organization is, we can have a conversation, to see, well, what does that look like? And for example, sometimes we do it as a whole team. If it's a larger organization, sometimes we do it, you know, area by area or department by department. And the best way to do that is actually over LinkedIn, you know, connect with me on LinkedIn, drop me a message, let me know you've listened to this podcast and we can have a conversation and and take it from there as well. But also if you are an individual and you're thinking, do you know what you have said to me really resonates and I know you might not necessarily be the best career or you're not necessarily sure about well you know you might be stalled in your career for example and you think actually i want to know my superpower how do i move that forward then please reach out to me because even doing that profile and having a a mini debrief session honestly can often open up your eyes and what's the potential so again connect with me on linkedin and happy to help if i can
0: amazing thank you so much osman i really appreciate it thank you for joining me it's been amazing very very valuable
1: It's an absolute pleasure, and I'd love to see your superpowers since working with you really kind of play out as well. So, thanks for having me here as well, and I look forward to connecting with others as well if you've listened and enjoyed this.
0: Brilliant, thank you. I hope you enjoyed my chat with Osman. If you're working in an agency environment in account management and you're ambitious, you want to accelerate your career and you want to increase your confidence with clients and improve your consultancy skills so you can add more value to your client relationships and grow your accounts, then my next account accelerator program starts on January the 27th, 2022. If you'd like to know more, then please get in contact and let's see if it's a good fit for you. You can contact me on LinkedIn at Jenny Plant or you can drop me an email at Jenny at accountmanagementskills.com.